Hello everyone, you are listening to the Arts Fuse Presents the Short Fuse Podcast. I am your host, Deanna Costa. Join me on an auditory exploration of our independent magazine on the show where we bring you the latest and greatest from our arts criticism community. On today's episode, we will be featuring birthdays slash the age 24. So this is a bit of a concept episode for y'all. I hope that you will enjoy it. But essentially, my idea here is that I am 24 now. I turned 24 on January 10th, and uh, it feels like a big one this year. Something just feels right. 2020, maybe. I don't know what it is. But I am lucky enough to share a birthday with some pretty talented artists, such as Rod Stewart, Pat Benatar, to name drop a few. There's three others. But uh, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about their careers and how they kind of came into their own at certain times in their lives and what the mid-20s meant for them. And um, maybe I'll have a couple ponderings for myself of what the mid-20s mean to me. Uh, We will also have a quick little chat about Michael Jackson and Bob Dylan, two folks who happened to really hit it big when they turned 24. And yeah, so we will also have a new song by our incredible intro-outro specialist, Dylas. He will be gracing us with his unreleased single, Nightmares on the Weekend. So we've got a lot going on in this episode. Stick around, stay tuned, get ready. All right, everybody. Birthdays. I would love to see some messages in the email. What do our lovely followers think about birthdays do you get excited for them no matter what age you're turning is it just another day for you for me I I really enjoy pretty much any excuse to celebrate and I really particularly love birthdays because at the base of it in my opinion you're you're celebrating the fact that someone is alive and that's If you care about that person, that's a pretty important thing. Uh, So I get really excited for my birthday. I'm pretty grateful to be alive. Uh, And another great reason why January 10th is an awesome day is because I share my birthday with so many incredible musicians. So I'm going to list them for you real quick, and then I'm going to dig into a little bit about their careers. This It's kind of just a fun fact episode. Um, I tried to look and see in our archives if we have ever done any sort of like birthday related reviews or reviews of some sort of artist that was 24. You know, it, it was a very specific thing to be looking for. I was not surprised to strike out in that department, but hopefully this will be a good replacement. So, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, number one on the list is our man, Rod Stewart. Now, he is turning 75 this year, so hats off to him. We also have Jim Croce, who unfortunately passed away at the very young age of 30 years old. 
we have Jermaine Clement, who some of you may know from his band comedy partnership, The Flight of the Concords. He is turning 46 this year. Also, extremely important, Mrs. Pat Benatar, who is now 67. And lastly, but definitely not leastly, we have Frank Sinatra Jr., who passed away at the age of 72, just um, almost four years ago now. It's absolutely bonkers how fast time flies. Um, But yeah, so getting back to the top of the list, Rod Stewart, uh, he's definitely someone who I really would like to spend more time delving into. I haven't heard much of his discography outside of the really, really big hits. And of course, everyone knows this will come as absolutely no surprise. The uh, top song when I looked it up for him was Maggie May. Um, I I would love to play it for you, but I'm scared to get sued. And I'd love to sing it for you. But not only do I have a bit of a cold, I'm also a horrific singer. So... I'm not going to punish anyone with that, but if you don't remember the song, go give Maggie Mae a Google. It's an awesome classic jam, and that came out in 1971, so at the time, Rod Stewart was actually only 26 years old, and he had been on the scene for a while. Uh, He was born in London, raised in England. He had actually been in a band previously and then decided to sort of strike out on his own and do his own thing and he you know of course had had some notoriety before this came out but Maggie May really just like skyrocketed him and this was something that I noticed as I was looking this up that there are actually quite a lot of musicians that you know I mean you hear about prodigies all the time you hear about these incredibly talented performers that start playing as young as toddler age and they just work their fingers to the bone up through grade school turn out to be incredibly successful there's the other track of you know the teenage garage band and Rod Stewart was kind of among that crowd but it really took him some years to um to get up there and That was definitely a trend amongst all of these people. For Jim Croce, it's really such a shame that he passed away when he did because he was really just starting to kind of like crack that shell on fame and make a name for himself at such a young age and by a plane crash. Like that's just got to be like one of the worst ways to go in my mind. I could not imagine um, the, the you know, pain his family must have felt, his wife, Ingrid, you know. And also, like, how crazy is it that so many major people in the music industry around that time passed away by a plane crash, you know, Buddy Holly and all of them, like, it's just it's it's very bizarre once you start looking into music history and you see all of the various ways that these people are connected whether it be through you know literal collaborations with their music or 
just like the the time that they came up in or in in this case something like that where their lives just have these parallels it's crazy jim croce's most famous song was you don't mess around with jim and you'd think that that's a song about him is actually about this character that he invented that's kind of like a pool hall tough guy you know you don't want to mess around with Jim because he is a kind of a hustler and he'll shake you down for your money so that was kind of a fun song I hadn't heard that before I looked it up the song that to me was like his top song was a song called operator pretty recognizable maybe for people a little bit older it was my grandmother's like one of her favorite songs so I had a good time reliving those memories listening to that I think the other thing that's powerful about birthdays is that even if you don't like being in the limelight and you don't really like celebrating yourself you can always celebrate all of the people that have made birthdays in the past special and music usually is wrapped up into all of that so I could go on for days about the birthday songs and the memories there, but neither here nor there. The next fella on our list is Jermaine Clement from good old New Zealand. As I said, uh, he really became famous for his uh, duo, The Flight of the Concords. They had a television show that was really popular in the early 2000s. They made comedy records. He is um, now known, ironically, so this is another one who he had kind of like a, a little breakthrough and then a massive breakthrough um, when he was 33, 2007. He and his comedy partner put out a song called Business Time. And I would really recommend looking that up on YouTube. I'll put a link in the episode notes. It is a hysterical music video and... Um, Anyone who is in a bit of a more mature relationship, you've not necessarily been married, but you've lived together for a while, you've been dating a long time, um, you know that feeling when you're alone together and you really want to get down to business, but the actual business day has been pretty damn long and your, um, your partner says, listen, business time is over. We got to wrap this thing up. So it's a pretty funny video, a uh, really funny song. Jermaine Clement is a very talented um, actor, musician, performer, I guess. But like I said, he had like this second big breakthrough. So what was that? Well, when he was 42, so he had been on the scene for quite a while now. Um, he was chosen for a little movie, some may know, called Moana. It was just a small production. Um, he sang a song called Shiny in that movie. He was the like shiny crab that was going after Moana. It's it's a really memorable part of the movie. I really enjoyed that a lot. I, I know it's a kid's movie, but I think it, that soundtrack was actually really well done. Um, and that's another talking point if I had a co-host here. Soundtracks for movies is... A big rabbit hole I can get down into. More important than maybe anybody on this list, in my personal opinion, is the fabulous Pat Benatar. 
the sound of the 80s, um, if I may say so. As I said, she just turned 67, and when she was 27, so 40 years ago, can you believe, can you believe 1980 is now 40 years ago? I mean, I wasn't alive in the 80s, but being a 90s baby, you always heard people talking about them. For some reason in my head, they will just forever be 10 years ago. I can't. My, my brain does not process that the 80s are now four decades from right now. Like, it's it's just out, blows my mind. Hit me with your best shot. Unsurprisingly, Pat's most famous song. I would imagine um, folks my parents' age, folks older than that, they probably have, like, these really fun memories of hearing that song at a party or, like, out at a bar or for my generation at least those of us that played a little game called Guitar Hero, Hit Me With Your Best Shot is like, I I just hear the clicking of the Guitar Hero guitars in my head the second I hear that song. It's like that and Slow Ride. We kind of knew these classic songs before that game. Now they'll be forever ingrained in our brains (laughs) with uh, Guitar Hero in mind. I never was able to master that song. I, I, I love the game. Could never get past medium. But anyway, Pat was 27 when she really hit it big, which also really shocked me. I just never would have expected that she was 27 on the cover for that. Like, I remember the cover very vividly, and she she looks like, I don't know, like 19. I don't know. She's just an ageless kind of person to me. And so is her music, and she's still out there. She's still singing at shows. I believe Rod Stewart is also still touring, which is super cool. Um, but lastly on our list here of the top five artists that were all born on my birthday, January 10th, was Frank Sinatra Jr. He passed away, unfortunately, is obviously no longer doing shows. If you never listened to his music or saw any of his features on shows like Family Guy, he basically sounded like a carbon copy of his dad. Like, it was, it was really incredible how that music talent just shoop right down that family tree. Nancy Sinatra, Frank's daughter, is also a singer and can really hold her own too. Frank Sinatra Jr., his favorite standards were those classic songs that his dad sang. So a lot of what we today would probably classify as easy listening, maybe big band and swing. His most popular song was uh, What a Difference a Day Makes, which has been redone by like God knows how many musicians, you know. Um, His particular version came out in 2006, and he was actually 62. So if anybody out there uh, is hoping for their big moment and is really getting tired, just imagine having to wait until you're 62 (laughs) and also having to live in, you know, a shadow like Frank Sinatra as your dad. That had to have been a hell of a childhood. So that that was a very rapid run through of those five fantastic singers. We also have musicians who made masterpieces at 24, and that could have been an extremely long list, but I wanted to try to keep it short for you guys. So I chopped down to just the top two that I thought everybody would know. They're super recognizable. 
and these albums are like no surprises that this was what launched them really. So Michael Jackson, as I would think most people would know, really started uh, his music career as a child. You know, he was a part of the Jackson 5 with the rest of his siblings. He was widely popular for that. Uh, his voice was like adorable, but somehow perfectly on key at all times, even though he's a very tiny child. But he really hit it as his own. When he came out with the epic thriller, everybody who's anybody who's ever been to a Halloween dance knows the album Thriller by Michael Jackson and the dance that comes with it. If you're really young and you haven't heard of the original uh, song, you may recognize the music video from the meme of Michael Jackson eating popcorn. But anyway, uh, that album came out on November 30th, 1982. That is now 37 years past, which is just bonkers. Yeah, and Michael Jackson was only 24 when that album came out. It was really like his prime. That was his big, big number one. And then we also have Bob Dylan with Bring It All Back Home. That's one album he did when he was 24. And then we also have Highway 61 Revisited. Those two include, personally, some of my favorite Bob Dylan songs. So I was really shocked to see that a while into his career that they were released. I'm talking some classics here on Bring It All Back Home, particularly. I will admit I didn't know the track listing for this album because the songs that I really enjoyed uh, I had heard on Greatest Hits albums, which I know is kind of a, a no-no in the music criticism world. I, I will repent for my sins. But also a, a bit of a fun fact that the album was released on January 15th, 1965. So while... Bob Dylan himself is not a Capricorn. Bring it all back home kind of is, so that's cool. But yeah, this had Subterranean Homesick Blues, Maggie's Farm, On the Road Again, Mr. Tambourine Man, It's All Right Ma, It's All Over Now Baby Blue, like absolute classics. Highway 61 in my... Uh, slightly biased opinion was not as amazing but it still had you know good good stuff like a rolling stone uh tombstone blues but just it, it didn't quite grab me as much and that one was released in the summer so I guess he had a winter album a summer album he was really kicking it into high gear that year but that does it you you've got it all there's the wrap on the age 24, the birthday, January 10th. Like I said before, we have a full featured song this week from our usual intro musician, Dylas. This is his Nightmares on the Weekend.
big thanks to Dylas for that awesome song. I really love it and just wanted to put a little side note there that he has a new album getting ready to drop pretty soon and I cannot wait personally. If you have had any enjoyment from the few little samples that we've played on the show, I think you're really, really going to dig this one and I'll definitely have some links to that when it comes out. But anyway, moving along, what do I think about turning 24? Um, I would say to the younger ones, if there are any people under 24 listening to this, I'd be pretty shocked, but <laughs> it's possible. Um, I would say hold out for 24 because it really feels like I'm starting to turn a corner here and um, I'm starting to get my pace down. I'm starting to get into my stride, really figuring myself out, getting my shit together, at least to the best of my ability at this point. Anyone who is uh, older than me, which I would imagine is the vast majority of our audience, I'm sure you're looking back on your time at 24 and are laughing hysterically at the inclination that I may remotely have it together, because I'm sure I'll look back at 34 and 44 and say like, oh my god, what what was I even thinking? But um, yeah, this feels like a really good age. It feels like shaking off some of those teenage blues, finally putting that in the rearview mirror. It kind of takes a minute into your early 20s, I think. Um, 21 is like you're kind of a grown-up, but not really, <laughs> and, you know, 22, anybody in college, like, you're you're one foot in the door and one foot out. Now, I'm very solidly out of that door, and it feels really good. Um, I don't necessarily know that I'm going to be making any masterpieces like Thriller or Bring It All Back Home, but, um, Oh, especially considering I can't friggin' sing. So uh, hopefully this podcast will be my masterpiece. So thank you all for listening in and always following us on this wild ride. We've got a great episode coming up for you two weeks. We will have some more coming attractions. We will have a Grammys-themed episode. So I will be judging the shit out of the choices being made. Uh, It will be released the day of the awards, so I won't get to hear about um, my thoughts on the winners, but we'll have to save that for next time. You can find us at the Short Fuse Podcast Facebook. We also have a Twitter at the Short Fuse Pod. We have a Patreon that is under construction and getting better all the time. If you are listening to us on a different platform, you can find us on Simplecast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And if you would like to throw a suggestion, a comment, a complaint, a memory uh, our way, you can send us an email at theshortfusepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, y'all, and keep on trucking. Happy birthday to any Capricorns out there. promised you all an exciting, riveting, fascinating interview, uh, conversation, revelry, 
with our old hosts and friends, Matt and Lucas. But unfortunately, it is pretty difficult to schedule across many time zones, and we had to push back our call. So I decided to share with you all uh, the recording that you hopefully just listened through and even more hopefully enjoyed. I was kind of going for a bit of an experiment with this. Wasn't sure if it was up to snuff. So I would definitely really appreciate any comments on our socials or in our email inbox, letting me know if you like this kind of thing. Absolutely hate it. Never want to hear it again. I'll make sure you don't. Anywho, when we do return on October 14th with our episode featuring Matt and Lucas, we will also have her, the ArtsFuse intern. She will be joining us. Her name is Kendall. And I'm not sure yet if she'll feel brave enough to talk or if she'll just be in the eaves, but let it be known there is a new fuser in town. And we're very happy to have her here on the podcast. We're very happy to have you here with us. This episode was recorded before the pandemic hit in January. My hopeful comments seem to be a bit dashed. It didn't take me turning 34 to to laugh at my former self for knowing what the hell I was doing, uh, even just earlier this year. And I, my, I guess my hope in sharing this is that a lot of us felt that way and maybe we're thinking about the times when, you know, the biggest concern was the Grammys episode that was coming out after this. The only really uh, pressing topic that I had on my mind that week was my birthday. (laughs) How how, uh, spoiled was I at that point in this year? Um, But anyway, I hope 2020 is treating you guys all right. We've almost made it through. The end is in sight. All right, until next time, everybody. See you soon.